We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Week 9 Start Sit Show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. This is the Week 9 Start Sit Show. I am Dave Cabin once again here as always. I will soon be joined by one of the fellow co-owners of Rotoviz, Curtis Patrick. We are looking forward to breaking down the week nine slate of games, hopefully uh, helping out some listeners in determining who they will start, who they will sit this week as we are already past the midway point practically in the season looking forward to the action this weekend anybody out there uh watching on any of the platforms with which you can leave a comment please do so we will do our best to answer your question as always we will start by quickly making our way through some of the high level ratings here the high level glsps at each position If you look at quarterback this week, Josh Allen leading the way with an average of 25.3 points when players like Allen have faced defenses like Cincinnati. He's followed by Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Josh Dobbs gets in here. Of course, we have to call out the fact that uh, everything was run before the tool was really aware that Josh Dobbs would be switching teams. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. If Deshaun Watson were to go, would rate pretty strongly this week. Given what we've seen recently from Las Vegas, if Tyrod Taylor ends up suiting up for the Raiders, he actually could be a viable streaming option, uh, followed by C.J. Stroud, Dak Prescott, Jordan Love. Will Levis makes his way into streaming consideration. Baker Mayfield down at QB 15 this week. Aha! We already got a question coming through. This one comes in from Mike Gonzalez, who says, What's up, Rotoviz? Uh, Ty Law. Okay, got. Wow. Old Patriots throwback there. So Mike has Trevor Lawrence on a bye. He's asking about CJ Stroud or Gardner Minshew. So let's break this one down a bit. We're going to go into the comparison tab here in the GLSP. We will pull up CJ Stroud. We will pull up Gardner Minshew. This is a fairly close matchup when you take a quick look at the distribution. 
However, we land with this one favoring Stroud, an average of 18.6 for him to a 15.7 for Minshew. As a point of reference here, you have Stroud facing the Bucks. You have Minshew facing the Panthers. Where there is some separation here is when you look in the 20 to 25 bucket, you'll see that Stroud gets 32% of his matches in there, just 18% for Minshew. Stroud actually gets 12% of his matches higher than 25 fantasy points with Minshew at just 4%. So overall, a stronger distribution here for Stroud. Anecdotally, too, uh, going from his objective approach here, I think I probably would have meant uh, would have recommended Stroud as well over Minshew. Uh, so Stroud is the play there. Certainly an interesting one there. Till we get some more questions coming through, let's take a look now at overall running back GLSPs this week. A couple of crazy things in here. Alvin Kamara, uh, the highest rated running back on the week. That shouldn't come as any surprise. Now, Jonathan Taylor is making his way more and more into the offensive attack now for the Colts. We still see those uh, Zach Moss finishing highly, actually number two in this week's GLSP, thanks to the volume that he has seen, followed by Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Isaiah Pacheco, Brees Hall, and then Jonathan Taylor popping in there too, which might raise the question, how feasible is it that we see both of these players put together those type of performances. Well, you know, I wouldn't bank on both of them finishing as RB1s, but what we can do is look at how running backs have performed in recent games against Carolina. Now, I'm looking at our NFL stat explorer, and the first thing that's going to stand out here is just how favorable of an opponent the Panthers have been. And we come up with that metric by looking at how much better than average running backs, fantasy relevant running backs do when they face the Panthers. Panthers, according to that metric, have been extremely, extremely favorable. In recent weeks, Kenneth Walker put up 30.6 PPR, Alexander Madison 10.8, David Montgomery 20.9, Raheem Mostert 6.42, Devin Singletary to 6.3 last week. But this is definitely a very favorable matchup for Moss and for Taylor. If you're on the fence about playing either one of these guys, I, I don't imagine that you'd be on the fence about playing Taylor, but you might be wondering about Moss. I think it's worth noting last week, he still did see 11 rushing attempts, was able to turn that into a touchdown. Given how favorable this matchup is, I think he definitely has a place in lineups, and I would highly consider playing him. So if we pivot back here, start looking down some more of the running backs this week. Jerome Ford scoring nicely against Arizona. Obviously, we'll have to monitor his health heading into this one, followed by Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Rashad White, Raheem Mostert, Joe Mixon, and Kenneth Walker. Getting a little bit deeper into the running back ranks, Gus Edwards, who I believe was back to practice recently against the Seahawks, comes in here with an average PPR of 11.3. We start to see some of these fill-in players now, like Daryl Henderson, getting uh, up high on the board here, followed by players like Miles Sanders, Ramondre Stevenson, Aaron Jones. Um, Jalen Warren coming in at RB30. I know he's been a player that we got in a fair amount of questions on this year. So we'll see if we go back to him here after I answer 
a question now that is related to wide receivers. So full PPR, start three, Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, or Gabe Davis. All right, this is going to be a fun one. So I think I want to start here. Let's look at it like this. I know that Godwin, his matchup is somewhat favorable for him via working on the passing game uh, matchup article last night getting through part one. So we have Chris Godwin. Let's compare him with Terry McLaurin. So McLaurin has a bit of an advantage here of 1.7 in terms of average PPR. If we look at their distributions, where things really stand out is in the over 25 bucket, McLaurin has 16% of his matches, just 2% of matches for Godwin. Godwin also appears to have more downside and one of the key things to look at here, right, is you have Terry McLaurin uh, facing a New England defense that actually has been fairly difficult when you look through some of the metrics. So we're going to have to think here a little bit more, I think, and pop back over and now add Gabe Davis into the fold here along with Deontay Johnson. And in this view, it's pretty similar. There's not too much separating Johnson or Gabe Davis. Uh, so you got you to gotta leave one of these guys out. The final thing we'll do here is look at the passing game matchup Raider, where we have McLaurin, given his alignment tendencies, coming in with a 61 against New England. You have Godwin coming in with a 57 against Houston. Um, Gabe Davis in his matchup with the Bengals scores just a 47 and uh, Deontay Johnson comes in with a 57 against Tennessee. So this is all very, very close. I think that if I'm starting three here, I'm going to go McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, and I'm actually going to sit Gabe Davis in this one and go with Godwin. Let me just take one more before I finalize that. Let's look at Gabe Davis versus uh, Chris Godwin just to kind of fully solidify things. Uh, It does seem to like Gabe Davis a little bit more in the high end. Um, Let's take one more look here at Godwin in the passing game matchup, Raider. Yeah, he does draw 57. It's fairly close. Um, all right, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna go McLaurin, Deontay, and Gabe Davis. All right, so what we got here? All right, got a real tough one at wide receiver this week. Full PPR, start three. Nico Collins, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, uh, or DK. So I can tell you right out of the gate here, this is a really tough matchup for DJ Moore. Um, Given the fact that you probably don't have Justin Fields this week, I think he is removed from the equation, which then would leave us with Nico Pittman and Metcalf. Um, One thing that we will do here is, um, oh, I'm very going to quickly here, going to copy a link and send it over to, uh, over to Curtis. Oh, he's in. Curtis, you there, my friend. Yeah, man. Oh, he's in. Uh, How's it going, sir? Let's 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 dive in. I see Mike's got a question here. What do we want? We got to start three: Nico Collins, DJM, Pittman, and DK. 
Yes. I'm, uh, of, of that bunch. I mean, I just got to think about the distribution of targets. I actually wrote about the Seahawks offense a bit in my dynasty article today. Um, I'm before I see what the um, GLSP says, Dave, I would be sitting DK out of this bunch. Okay, that's pretty interesting because uh, I was working on the passing game matchup article last night. And one of the things I noticed was this is not a good matchup for DJ Moore. If memory serves also, um, I don't believe that this is the easiest matchup for Metcalf. So I think that we might be zoning in here on comparing Metcalf and Moore. So I'll drop both of them into the GLSP here. Now, of course, one of the confounding factors here is the health of uh, Justin Fields and whether or not he'll be going. That said, Curtis, when you look at the GLSP here, it's very much in favor of DJ Moore. Um, Sounds, though, like this lines up with kind of what you were thinking. Uh, Can you expound, though, just a little bit more on, you know, you mentioned the target share and how that relates to DK? I think you're muted. Yeah, I was there. Um, so the Seahawks offense has really kind of been under, they're in the midst of a little bit of change with the way that they're handling the wide receiver position. Um, you know, over the first five weeks of, or the first four weeks of the season, DK Metcalf was the wide receiver one there in terms of PPR per game um, and was followed by Lockett and uh, Jackson Smith, Najigba. But since week five, um, it's been actually Lockett followed by JSN followed by DK. DK's actually over the past um, two Seahawks games, the the third in the pecking order there. Um, and the snap uh, share for JSN has increased by 15% um, since week five. The more that he is on the field, the more evenly I expect the target share uh, to be distributed moving forward. You know, we've seen the snap share bump. We haven't seen really the target share bump for JSN. Um, but we we have seen him get some of those high value targets, and he's he's been the one scoring the touchdowns uh, over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, it's difficult. You know, the beginning of the season, you're not really thinking ever if I'm drafting DK Metcalf that I'm going to be sitting him, right? But you know, with this quartet of receivers, I mean, really, what what has happened is Nico Collins is out, Nico Collins has outperformed expectations enough times this season that he is now no longer bench um, depth. He is you know viable weekly flex material um and his role is more valuable than dk's right now so that that's the direction i go here got it the final thing i'll add here too also if you look at uh this matchup one of the reasons it wasn't great for metcalf is the c uh ravens are pretty good against wide receivers in general and then also pretty tough against wide receivers lined up out wide where we'll probably see him more of this matchup all right so the answer there is you're going to go nico Pittman and DJM. All right, this one coming in. I think this is Jedi Avenger 1738. I do. Trying to decide between Ramondre and T. Higgins for my flex in PPR. I will pull this up, Curtis. Do you have an initial lean, though? Because I think I do. Oh, I think you're muted again, sir. Go ahead and tell me your initial lean. I'm going to pull up matchup analysis. Uh, This is one thing I like to do in addition to the GLSP is use our NFL stat explorer matchup analysis when I'm comparing two different positions. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and do that for Higgins now. My initial lean here would be that I would go with Higgins. I know that it has been up up and down to some degree. However, you know, I'm not sold 
on New England's offense in general. And as a result of that, I'm not sure that your upside in a given week for Stevenson is higher than Higgins. And I think that their downside could be relatively flat between the two. As a result, I will take the team on the offense that is trending in the right direction here and go with Higgins. When you pull them up in the GLSP, also, you do see an advantage for Higgins of by, you know, maybe around one point on average in PPR. But where you do see some delineation is when you start getting in the 15 plus buckets as uh, there's a much higher percentage for Higgins in the 15 to 20 bucket than Stevenson. Yeah, the the uh, matchup, um, uh, the matchup analysis tool. And the NFL stat explorer, I, I'm going to say this is a bit of a wash, maybe with a slight lean uh, to Higgins. So, you know, you've got that marquee game between the Bengals and the Bills. It's a home game for the Bengals. You know, that's a game where, you know, hey, the over-under is sitting, you know, just below 50 points. But, you know, this this could be a game where, you know, the first team to 40 wins. Who knows what type of environment we're going to have. When I look at the Bills um, pass defense and what they've been allowing to opposing uh, wide receivers. We really have to go back all the way to week four and five. The last time they faced a passing attack with as much gusto as the Bengals in those two weeks, they played the Miami dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they allowed around 40 expected uh, fantasy points to the wide receiver position in each of those games. And, and sur- actually ended up surrendering over 40 PPR to the the wide receiver positions in those games and allowed one receiving touchdown to an opposing wide receiver in each of those games. So, um, you know, the high end passing attacks have been able to get it done at that position against the bills. And I would expect that to hold serve here. Stevenson just feels like, you know, a, a low floor, low ceiling option right now, kind of, unfortunately. So, yeah, I would say in any given week in a vacuum, I would also default to Higgins, even if I didn't have this potential game environment. Yeah, certainly. So that takes care of that one. Trade away Jacoby for DK. Oof. Uh, are we t- we talking dynasty here? If you can let us know, Josh, we'll bounce along and then we'll come back to you because I think that's probably an important well, detail. I think we can easily answer that Answer okay. that in dynasty. We'll I mean, in, in yeah. dynasty. In Dynasty, you're still going to make that trade um, just because, you know, a, a quarterback change or a change of scenery for DK, e- either one um, or Lockett maybe even moving on after this year, which is something that a lot of people think will happen. There's, there's, It would only take one little, you know, slight change for DK to be amongst those potential league leaders and touchdowns again and, and um, really be an impactful player there. Whereas Jacoby's producing because of the role that he has – but I mean, we've got up and down quarterback situation in 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 Vegas, a uh, uh, interim coaching position. We've got Devontae Adams there that really should be um, holding it down. You know, in redraft, if you want to make a case for um, keeping Jacoby over DK, I could probably get behind it. I mean, he's certainly been a lot more of a consistent performer um, this season. But in dynasty, you're making that 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 deal. Now in redraft, I think this is a little bit more of a coin flip. Um, and it would honestly, I, I would feel better week to week right now about starting Jacoby Myers than Metcalf. Um, where are you on that one, Dave? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So I, I think I'm pretty aligned. I think Dynasty, you're looking to have... DK redraft. I'd rather have Jacoby. And it looks like the question actually was redraft. I, so, and I did, is, does that align with what you said? I was doing some research elsewhere. So for yeah, redraft, I mean, you'd rather have Jacoby. I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think in redraft, the DK owner here probably feels like you're getting name brand value. Um, I'm going to guess that that trade maybe even came from the DK owner um, to Josh there. So I would, I would try to make it a two for two deal. If you can upgrade another position on your bench, um, maybe this makes a little bit of sense, but um, otherwise, you know, stay pat. I'm not sure this is an upgrade for you in redraft. Yeah. I mean, you're losing uh, EP per game as well there. I would also add. So we will continue along here. Uh, Henderson or hunt. I did a little bit of preemptive research here, Curtis, while you were talking an interesting finding both of these players, 40% of their matches scored a rushing touchdown in terms of average PPR GLSP favors Henderson by two and a half points. Their distributions are fairly similar, but there's an increase here of around 24% in the under five bucket for hunt. That said, I think I'd still go with hunt in this matchup against the Cardinals. I think you, I think you're muted again, Curtis. Uh, this, there's no way that I'm starting Daryl Henderson over. Okay, good. I mean, and, and, and obviously sure he could out, he could outscore him. We've seen big games from Daryl Henderson in the past, but this is an awesome game for hunt. I talked about the Browns backfield in my dynasty article today too, from a redraft perspective, and they have flattened out the touches, but the, the highlight that I mentioned there is that cream hunt has still been getting, um, those touches near the end zone. The Cardinals have allowed two instances of three rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs in their past five games. I mean, this is, this is an awesome situation. Now, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, I think, you know, that's still going to be material because the Browns have not been great at moving the ball without him. Um, but you know, the Cardinals, I mean, they allowed three rushing touchdowns to, uh, the Baltimore Ravens running backs. They obviously allowed three rushing touchdowns to the 49ers running backs a couple weeks ago, and they did allow a rushing touchdown to the Rams uh, a few um, weeks ago as well. We've seen some monster performances by opposing backs against this team. Gus Edwards, 29.4 PPR last year. He actually had all three of the rushing touchdowns. 
Gus Edwards is not really a world beater. Kareem Hunt's probably uh, similar in quality to a player like this. Kyron Williams rung him up for 158 in a touch a couple weeks ago. And I don't think we'll compare Hunt to CMC, but I mean, CMC had his nearly 50-point game against this uh, <laughs> defense a few weeks ago. So that, that's that's what's on the line here. If In, in contrast, if we get into the specific matchup uh, with Henderson and want to look at this maybe from a specific um, team matchup rather than uh, his, you know, historical um, group of Sims, you know, like the GLSP is doing, you know, the Packers have been far stingier against the run, although they're a slight plus matchup, um, nowhere near the type of matchup um, that the Cardinals uh, are. They are allowing a lot of rushing attempts uh, per game and they've surrendered a decent amount of points to opposing running backs, but um, only one performance over 20 points by an opposing running back over the course of the past five weeks. And in two of those weeks, they allowed less than 10 points to the opposing team's RB1 in those games. So just totally different situation here. Yep. All right. Uh, I think this one's fairly easy for me. This is referring to Douglas of the Patriots versus JSN. I would go JSN. Yeah, I think so. I think he has touchdowns and back-to-back weeks here, and it's there's a little bit less projection in, involved here, although Douglas you know, is obviously a hot waiver ad for this week. Yep, so I'm not even going to pull that one up here in the GLSP because I think we'd probably override it anyway. Here's a good one. So I think this is jacked on surfer or Jack Don surfer or Jack D on surfer. Who knows? But the question is, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, or Michael Mayer. Hard to trust Komet or Mayer with the ambiguous quarterback situation. That we certainly agree with, Curse. I'm going to pop into the GLSP here. We'll see if you have any initial thoughts. Well, I mean, with the the agent Bajan or whatever in uh, week eight, I mean, Komet smashed last week. You know, I mean, he had 17.9 uh, PPR. I mean, Mayer, we don't know if it's Aiden O'Connell or somebody else this week, I think, quite yet. Hunter Henry is, I mean, I don't, I would be interested in starting almost anybody other than Hunter Henry. We had high hopes for him this offseason, Dave, but it just hasn't really materialized. 15.4 EP along with uh, Bajent um, under center uh, for Chicago last week. I have no concerns about rolling out Komet amongst this trio. Yeah, I think that's definitely where I would go as, you know, as well. If you look at the GLSP, you see that Komet has a, a, you know, a stronger ceiling this week significantly over Henry. And I think, you know, I'd be going Komet for sure over the rookie. So that is the play there. Trot out Komet. Here's another question. Would you trade Aaron Jones or Rondale Moore for Josh Jacobs? 20-man PPR, Rondale Moore on bench Jones as RB2. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is sixth amongst all running backs in expected points per game um, this year. He's never had less than 12.9 EP in any particular game. He's the RB9 on the year. Uh, he has the third most rushing attempts. Uh, he leads all um, running backs and targets. He has the second most total opportunities. I know the, the Raiders have been an up and down bunch but the value of the role still can't be understated i know his managers are a little frustrated with the three rb1 weeks and some of the other weeks really not coming to fruition lots of struggles in this offense but i'm just it's really hard for me to see where um aaron jones um outperforms him rest of season we had that big 
uh, game from Jones the first week against the Bears. He struggled to stay healthy. He's got the hammy issue. They're still kind of nursing him along. Jacobs does still have one of the most valuable valuable roles in fantasy amongst running backs, and I would bet on that. I would definitely make this trade. There you go. Okay, got a card call on defense this week. Ravens or Falcons? Well, the good thing here is we can drop this into the GLSP because I find that sometimes it is actually hard to contextualize these matchups in your head. And sometimes GLSP will open up things that you weren't really aware of. Uh, So you got Baltimore against Seattle uh, with an average of 8.9. Atlanta against Minnesota with 7.3. Of course, one thing that the GLSP does not know this week is that you are probably looking at uh, a rookie passer making his first NFL start here for the Vikings this week. Um, you know, as a result of that, I think that I actually would lean that way, but it's a very, uh, very close call for me here, especially when I look at the GLSP, I guess the final thing though, that you could say is that you do see Baltimore getting 10% from 20 to 25, which shows that there were some games where this matchup really worked out for them. So Curtis, any, any thoughts there? I mean, I don't, I guess I don't really have. Uh, a lot of conviction here. I would lean to the Falcons just because I could see, I mean, Baltimore and Seattle, that's a really interesting matchup. Two teams with like tough identities. Sometimes those games of, you know, between teams with similar skill sets on offense, et cetera, similar mentalities. Those are some of the games that I think of that can get kind of crazy. And, you know, maybe that game, maybe there's an outside shot. It turns into a track meet. Um, I could also see that game just being really low scoring, both teams, you know, going through the rushing attack, the quality of quarterback play with Gino and Lamar much higher than what we're going to see with uh, Taylor Heineke versus um, first time starter in uh, what is it? Jared, is it Jared Hall. Hall. Starting this week? Yeah, it's Jared Hall. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to start, I'm going to start the Falcons there um, for sure. I'm with you. All right. Bryce Ridley. At flex, full PPR, Deontay or Amari Cooper. We will definitely make our way over oh, yeah. to the GLSP. That's a fun one, man. This is that a is really a, fun one. Really so we got one. Johnson and Cooper. So, oof. looks like there's a lot of favor here for Amari Cooper. An average outing 14.5 from his matches. Deontay Johnson's matches just 10.3. That said, though, if you look at the distribution, it's not quite as disparate as you would think in the 20 to 25 bucket, but you do see a significant advantage for Cooper between 15 to 20. So if we're looking at the GLSP in isolation, uh, you'd probably be leaning in Cooper's direction. The one other thing we'll add on to here is that uh, Amari Cooper matchup rating of 57 this week. Deontay Johnson scores a matchup rating of 57 as well. So we cut at it from both of those lenses and also just kind of thinking about these players and what we know about the teams. I think the answer there is Cooper. Yeah. If, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, I'd be fine going with Deontay. I mean, I think Deontay is going to have a higher floor here. Um, just based off of this matchup, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be a home favorite against Tennessee. We do have to see who's playing quarterback for the Steelers, but what we've seen consistently from Deontay Johnson across all of the other quarterbacks since been 
Ben Roethlisberger and including when Ben Roethlisberger was there, Deontay Johnson is the one that earns the targets in the offense, much to the, you know, frustration of people who would have liked to have seen Friermuth or, you know, Pickens have more of that target share. So even if Mitchell Trubisky is out there running around doing his thing, I would expect Deontay Johnson to lead that team in targets. Um, I mean, Cooper's been kind of like a steady wide receiver three in the game stands to Sean Watson. So, you know, maybe it's a similar situation. Um, but I, I would actually separate this out um, personally. And I would say if Deshaun Watson plays, I'm going to take the ceiling of Amari Cooper. If Deshaun Watson does not play, I'm going to take the floor of Deontay Johnson. All right. Fair enough. So this one, this, this uh, person needs this before the game. I think for me, it's pretty clear. So you got Higgins, Hunt, or Johnson. You pull them up here. I think what you're seeing is kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier. There's some better upside in here for Higgins. I think I would roll the dice here, go with Higgins over Deontay Johnson. Of course, though, with some of that floor that you talked about for Johnson, you might disagree, Curtis. Well, half PPR changes it a bit for me. We know Deontay doesn't score touchdowns. Eventually, he'll probably score four in a game um, to make up (laughs) for not scoring in two years. Um, But half PPR does change it. I think this is really only between Higgins and Hunt. Um, I think both of them have a pretty decent ceiling this week, but you know, again, we like that game environment of, of Cincy and Buffalo. And so, um, you know, I'm going to lean towards Higgins. Okay. So we got a clarification here. It's uh Jack Don surfer. Uh, he just mentioned the, uh, he had the Porter on by in the wires bear this week, which is true. Thinks Pats could run more two tight end sets with Bourne and Parker hurt. That's definitely possible. The thing that does worry me oh. a little bit about, about this is if you do see two tight end sets, you still have the threat of Pharaoh Brown, Mike Kosicki and Hunter Henry splitting up some of that. And I'm not sure that it's of a quality that, uh, you know, elevates but, him here. Listen, listen, Jack Don. Okay. If, <laughs> if, if you'd already made this, if you already made your mind up, don't ask us the question. It, it sounds like you wanted us to say Hunter Henry. You even <laughs> listed Hunter Henry first in your original question, even though he's been garbage this year and Komet has been producing. Well, so, that might be our fault because we had been we had been talking a lot about Hunter Henry. Then it worked out the first two weeks and we were feeling good. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, we're 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 dug in on Komet. Um, as a better process play for sure. I understand, you know, that things in, in New England, you know, could change, you know, based off of what you're saying situationally, but um, your, your, your basis for not trusting Komet with the ambiguous QB situation was disproven last week when he uh, did quite well with Bajan under center. So um, we'll, we'll move on. Thanks. Thanks for the question, man. So uh, Drake London or JSN, Dave, what uh, do you think? This is a, this is an easy one for me, actually, given some of the research that I've already done this week. GLSP favors Drake London by a pretty good clip. We have seen JSN starting to pick up and play a bigger role. Uh, but I think that London is a bigger threat this week to have a good game. One of the things that's contributing to that is that Drake London matches up very well with Minnesota. And then on top of that, we know that Minnesota is a team that is just bleeding points to opposing fantasy wide receivers. You know, in yeah. the, I have a table in the article here showing you some of the best performances. Um, actually, it's one of the first times all season I've said I actually like Kyle Pitts prospects. Uh, you know, so I'm <laughs> right. I like London's yeah. too. So I think that you go London yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, we, we love JSN. We think he'll eventually get there. Um, you, I don't think that you can play him over London with this situation and also considering their relative roles in their offenses, e- even with the question marks around Taylor Heineke. Yeah. And then I think if you, if you have to start two and you throw 
Christian Watson in there. I actually uh, do not recall what it has for Christian Watson this week. Um, doesn't love him. I actually think I would go um, JSN over Christian Watson this week, which is not something I would have... Well, maybe at this point in the season, I might have thought of preseason. What do you think, Curtis? Yeah, I would go JSN too. I mean, I th- so... Watson probably would have um, a higher ceiling um, only just because at, at worst he's, you know, he should be the number two um, option against the the Rams this week. We did see the Rams give up major, major production to CD lamb last week and George Pickens the week before. When you think about Alex uh, kind of athletic perimeter receivers, like, Christian Watson's cut a little bit more from that same cloth as Pickens and Lamb, maybe than Romeo Dobbs is. AJ Brown, another physical perimeter player, also gave the Rams fits four weeks ago with 127 yards. So I, I think that ceiling is there. We just haven't really seen Jordan Love and Christian Watson put that together in a game yet this year. So I would go with JSN for the floor. Like I think he's probably, you know, would have a higher percentage of hitting 10 points in this game. But if one of the two is going to score 30, my my bet would be on Watson. So I'm definitely starting London. And then, you know, you can choose um, JSN or Watson based off of, um, you know, what, what you're looking for there in your lineup. Yeah, really not a great matchup for Watson this week. I'll add. Uh, so it looks like. All right, some more. Uh, here, here we go. Worried about London not practicing this week? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a fair concern to have. So you just have to monitor that. And, you know, if it. I think as long as, you know, you have an indication that he's going to play, I still trot him out there. But, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're worried, you know, you can always sub him out, go with JSN or Watson, but I'd still try to get him in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Chawan here, you know, you, you, put, you put London and JSN in your lineup um, or London and Watson, depending on how you want to handle that. And then you've just got another decent option in your back pocket. You look and see if... You know, if if it's like game time decision on Drake London and, you know, they're talking about limiting his snaps or anything like that. I mean, you, know, you can just make a pivot. It's not like he's been an extremely high ceiling um, option this year. It's just that we like the matchup. So if if it's all systems go on London, you know, we do like him as the, the best of that bunch um, this week. Yep. So that takes us to the end of the questions that we have coming in here. It's yeah. 820. We'll give one more minute in case anybody has a final question that they need to get in. Uh, do appreciate everybody hanging out this week, dropping in their questions, had some fun ones this week. And uh, Curtis, I think we might have a decision or two that we have to make. I don't have them memorized in my head at this point, but um, you know, I think it should be a, should be another fun weekend for us. Yeah, man, we're smashing. In the FFPC main event, uh, we're absolutely smashing. We got a, a pair of top 60 teams rolling into this weekend. And, uh, you know, we're, we're almost always seeing one of those teams pop up into the top 20 at some point during the week. We're, we're quite live. So all of these start sit, uh, situations are very important to our prospects in that mega tournament there. Um, just like, you know, we are with you guys' start sit questions. I mean, Dave and I are considering the NFL Stat Explorer matchup analysis, the GLSP matchup analysis the passing game matchup Raider analysis when we make our decisions. So uh, best of luck to you. We wish you many fantasy points, many fantasy wins this weekend, and we'll be trying to do the same.
Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 